Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, Pancakes on Sunday. I'm joined with Ryan. What up? And we have a special guest on. Uh, he, we know him from school, long time ago. <laughs> He's been a passionate welder and bike builder for years, and his name is Jesse Serpan, owner of Raw Iron Choppers. Amazing story. So, uh, welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Joe. Ryan, yep. it's yep. good to see you guys. You, you too. Help well. a way to have a reunion, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's been so, a while. Yeah. Jeez, oh man. We talk about school, dude. We're like what, thirteen years, thirteen and a half now. Something like that. Yeah, right. It's been a long fucking time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You know, we did pretty good for where we ended up, though. Yeah, yeah so. all of us. So. I think yeah. we did Not good. Too bad. We Not know too we bad. didn't end up in prison or you know huge no. drug charges or anything like no. that. No. No. Crazy. Not that bad. Pretty vanilla white kids here, you know. Newberry. Yep, yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's so, awesome. So yeah, uh, I mean, how how old are you? Like, where? What's your origin story? What's your? <laughs> where? <SD. laughs> thirty-two, man. Thirty-two now. Um, it's not too bad being thirty-two. It's all right. Thirties are good. You know, yeah, fuck, fuck Generation Z with this. Like, you're old after twenty-five. You should retire. Right, right, you know? right. Thirties right, right. are good. You know, you okay. have a little bit of money, a little bit of freedom now. You know, right. Um, no, a thir- smarter. Yeah. So yeah. thirty-two, uh, thirty-two years old, and. Uh, what a crazy bullshit thing. Like, I've been trying to, like, anti-motivate people, but also motivate <laughs> them as, like, a 13-year-old kid that was obsessed with welding bikes, all because they watched TV. Monster Garage, Jesse James, the Tuttles, all that stuff. Um, I just had someone yesterday ask me, what got you into this? I'm like, a TV show. They're like, you did all this bullshit because you watched Monster Garage? I'm like, yeah, it's kind of metal, you know. So did your dad, like, buy you a welder and was, like, here, mess around? or like, I, bought, you- I bought my own. So I worked with my dad until, like, eight. You know, I was, like, eight. He gave me, like, a dollar. Just sit here and shut up. You know, you're out of your mom's hair all day. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, 13, he's like, listen, you know, start working. And it was some years before that. But that year, he's like, what are you going to What are you gonna do? What are you going to get with your money? I had, like, a thousand bucks saved up or something stupid as a teenager. Uh-huh. And I was looking through old Sears catalog. This is dating us now. Oh, Sears, wow. Go wow. through a Sears catalog and I go, boom, I want that welder. And I got this like little auto body shop link electric. It's called a SP-135. And I bought it. And, dude, I was the biggest pussy. I, I got that welder, plugged it in. I was terrified of it. It was like a lightning bolt coming out of it, you know? I mean, it is an arc. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, 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 totally, yeah. Totally. And when you know nothing about it, because you know all of us, like, we'd, like, see the instructions, we're like, whatever, plug right. it in and go. <laughs> go dude. But, yeah, man, we had an old mini bike sitting in the corner, and I just, like, I want to chop shit. I kind of want to do what they want to do on TV, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing, you know? But I did think it was cool. You could take, like, you know, these two things, and if they're metal, you could, like, get this weird thing with, like, really intricate arc and you could hold them together and they'd stay together and to me that was kind of cool you know and that's I've always said you kind of get paid to play with like metal fire it's it's metal glue like you're just gluing shit together with metal really all it is you know (laughs) um I just liked it I think it's just kind of a Neanderthal kind of thing kind of archaic and I I kind of realized you're playing with fire like we just said and to me I just it bled but I never knew what welding was going to bring and I know you and I have talked about welding and stuff and where even it took you, you know, in your in your fields, and I never knew how much welding was that big as a kid. I just thought you could weld headers and chassis and do bullshit. You oh, know, there's all kinds of wild shit you could do. It's dude. nuts. I, I didn't still, even I, know that. I still get stupid. Stupidest question. I had some guy last year tell me. He goes, "You ain't shit for a welder if you can't weld underwater." And I'm like, "Do you know anyone who welds underwater?" He's like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, "Then fuck <laughs> right, off, right, dude." Right, you know? right. But I'll get that a lot of times. But people don't know what goes even involved with like underwater welding. You had to be a professional certified diver. You know, it's a whole different condition under there. You know, but yeah, welding 
it's every like it's everywhere where it can take you. I mean, everything from water towers to all the pipelines, <laughs> everything's welded. I mean, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Anything metal put together, it's welded yep. and inspected. Yep, yep. So you know, it's weird. I try to tell people more now to not give them such a, a blatant statement of like I like bikes and I like TV. I always wanted to build my own sheet metal, and I always wanted to build frames. That was the one big thing I wanted to do, and there's like a sense of pride. I guess it's kind of like if you had a pre-made canvas and you're Van Gogh, it's it's kind of cool. But if you're like doing everything from scratch, like getting the paint, making the colors, that to me was cooler. So that's kind of where I took a lot of the watching Jesse James over like Orange County. Orange County was like definitely like the cake decorators. Oh, and yeah. I have mad oh, respect yeah. for oh, Senior yeah. and them guys. Like there is talent there. I don't disregard that. But um, I liked how Jesse James did shit. Just making shit with a hammer and old tools and you know, I was like, I want to do that. You know, so that was always the motivation. Molded you know? metal like clay, and I mean, your blade canvas was just a bunch of tubes that you bent and put together and yep. made it with your vision. Yeah. No frames the same. I'm sure everything's different. It's it's got to be. A lot of guys like doing you know rerun production and stuff, but our stuff's like I only want to do it once. You know, and it kind of goes well that way. But it it goes back to that whole being a 13 year old with a welder and, and a mini bike man. It. I just wanted to chop shit. I remember I chopped the thing. I bought electrical <laughs> conduit, made an exhaust, had shitty bars, and I sucked. Nice. I sucked at it. And then I remember my dad got me this job. It was doing a storm drain grading for homes in Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights. Mm. And as you know, welding on zinc is a no-no. Like it'll fuck you up pretty bad. And uh, like metal fume fever and all that. And I just am out there welding these things. You know, 13, 14-year-old kids. And I'm like, man, this shit smells weird. I feel funny. And uh, never knew until I went to welding school. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have been doing that. Luckily, I was in well-ventilated area. Wind yeah. was always going. But yeah. that was like the first real jobs I ever had was welding these fucking grates, you know. But you don't know. You're, all, you're self-taught. Right. I mean, yeah. you were self-taught for welding. And then then you went to school for welding yep. in, in high school. And you were practically the... You were the teacher, essentially. It, it I was like, we're just going to TIG weld, right? And make cute little automotive shit. And he's like, no, this is for bridges. This is like stick welds. This is flux. This is making I'm like, what are these, you know, big one-inch coupons? And that weight, you know, 15, 20 pounds. And he's like, oh, these are test plates. And I was kind of mesmerized. You know, at first I was taking back your shock. You're like, this isn't the welding I've seen on TV. But then I'm like, man, welding can go far anywhere, oh, you yeah. know? And then that's what I did. And then we had this little, like, Excel spreadsheet. And you know you've met Ryan, you know, and yeah. it's great. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan goes, if you do this, this, and this, like these thirty tasks and this positions of welding and processes, I'll get you a Lincoln helmet. Man, I fucking I killed that thing over like four weeks. I just like I'm gonna do this, do this, do this, and I never got the helmet. I got a lot more from Ryan <laughs> in the long run, but <laughs> I never got the helmet. But how much I learned because it was like MIG, it was stick, it was flux core, and you know by the time I think it was we went into Auburn at what like September of '07. I think it was like normal fall semester. Yeah, so yeah, yeah seven right. and then By the time yeah. January, February of two thousand and eight, I was already getting TIG certifications. You know, just it just was the hunger. I just saw it as a task: do it, complete it, and uh, just wanted to try everything. I mean, you, you know? were enthralled in the world of welding, and you only had one method of, of a machine that you bought as a kid, and yep. you get in the school, and you just opens your world. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. There is so many different methods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for different applications and everything else. Yeah, and I, like if people are listening to this talking about welding, 
don't learn one process learn them all i've made money in areas of stick welding you know i for years at a time i've done production with flux core we still do that i mean so there's so many areas that i still use the skills i learned and going after it you and know? you have a more it's it, your jobs are more versatile and everything else Always. you have a greater chance than just getting one method yep. i mean there's i know stick is a lot in the field and pipelines is all stick mm-hmm. and water towers is stick and stuff and I work now in a place where we do castings. I don't, but we do do some welds on the castings, and that's I'm not big on all the welding terms. But I know there's there's an arc and there's an argon gas that goes with it. Yep. And it creates like the little shield around it and all mm-hmm. that. You, I'm not, but I only test them. That's all I do. Gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. don't know all the methods. But what type of cast are they doing there? Aluminum and magnesium. Okay. Gotcha. For gotcha, gotcha. Uh, aerospace and defense parts and stuff oh, like awesome. that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. So, so that's what it took you from when I last saw you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the last job was a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. A lot I was never home, and I was living out of a hotel for a month on end in a whole different state, and it just got back and forth, and I was never home, and I just, I yeah, I was making money at the time, and it was good, and the overtime was good, but. After a certain point in overtime, you you bump up a tax bracket, and yep. it's like you just it's not even worth not it. Worth it. Yep. Yeah. And then also not being able to have a life, it just got it just got old. It's a young kid's dream. So you it was know, fun. Sure it was cool. I got the experience, but then I I got someplace local that I'm home every night, and yep. I can still have a life, and it's doing what I mean. I was I got the experience. So. Yep. 100%. And it's funny you bring that up because, you know, when I went, we'll talk later about when I went to be a teacher at Lakeland. Being a young teacher, I was like, oorah, oorah, get it, kick the world's ass. But you don't realize that for older people who have families and want to have a different life, that's not all about it. You know, when they come to welding school, you're like, you should travel and make big money. Then you talk about tax brackets and all that, that changes. But yeah, that's a huge one, man. Like, people don't realize you have money, but you're not doing anything with your life. You're on the road all the time. Yeah. Right? Even if you want to invest and get a house, you never have time to do anything with it either. You're always gone. Always gone. So I did it for about four four or five years and, I mean, just moved on. But, Mm -hmm. hey, it happens. Still doing it. You got experience from it. You moved on. You build up. You know, and that's the good thing about, like, the welding field. You can always build up from any of this stuff, you know. Like, I had someone last week ask me, should I get a CWI? I don't know. It depends the company. It depends what they're asking for. If you just get your CWI and you're sitting on it, it's not. And it depends on what you want to use. Yeah, with it's it. it's just as useless as a college degree. But you got to go find out what you want to apply it to. You know, you want to go work on new fabrication and like pipelines and stuff like that. Yeah, get a CWI. Become a weld inspector. Yep. Um, if you plan on going to a fab shop and you're just welding plates together or something like that, I mean, maybe a CWI. I mean. It's good to have, mm-hmm. sure, but you're not really going to do anything with it, yeah. necessarily. But yep. and it bothers me with fab shops. Like after the whole like Rona, and now you see every area on a corner is now hiring. Dude, they're still paying the same shit wage when they had a surplus of people and in like less demand, and that kills me. Like that's one big thing, you know, as an instructor, and I just retired this year from Lakeland. Was I? Just, I felt like I was feeding the beast of bullshit. You know, these people are like, we, we need it, we'll give hiring bonuses. Well, that 1000 or $2,500, when you get hired, where's the rest of the year? You mm-hmm. know, and like, the, yeah. the, the craziest shit, what made me make the decision was being at Waffle House in Austin Burn. I was sitting there, we're in our coveralls and stuff, we cut off a job, and you know, one of the chicks was like, working there, he goes, hey, uh, you guys welders, heard you talking about welding? I'm like, yeah, we all are, you know, we have different facets of what we do, but we're working on a job. And man, 
she goes, I was going to be a welder. I'm like, fuck, if I had a nickel for every time a motherfucker tells me <laughs> yeah. they're going to be a welder. And I was like, explain. Like, she goes, I went to welding school and stuff, but she's like, what people are offering, and I didn't want to travel and stuff, or like, go do really hard work. She's like, I can make more at Waffle House on second and third shift than at most fab shops. And she wasn't bullshitting. She gave me a brochure Holy for shit. Waffle House for $18 an hour on third shift, and I'm like, Wow. Fuck! I just got wow. a kid a job for eighteen sixty four an hour. Yeah. You know, and he just trained for doing stainless stuff. You know, really high precision. You know, medical field stuff. And I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Like, why am I do? Like, I get it. It's a building block. Mm-hmm. It is definitely there as an educator. It's not discrediting it, but man, these companies need to get the heads out of their asses. I think. Oh yeah. As in regards to like welding's a trade, mm-hmm. I think there was a definite definite boom when it came to like. Well, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go do a trade. And everyone went welding. Yep. Every, there were so many people went welding. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I think it got saturated. We need more plumbers and yep. we need more electricians and stuff like yep. that. It's just maybe we're oversaturated in welders. I love what you just said because you're one of few people I've talked to. And you and I don't talk a lot, so it's not like we talk welding every Friday or something. Yeah. I just said this three months ago. We are oversaturated. It's like 2000 when everyone got into web stuff, web developing, computers, and all that stuff, and software programming. It's We're so oversaturated. And now with these motherfuckers, these phones, anybody can make a reel and a TikTok and get you know 50,000 views, and they're like, I'm a welder. Right. You don't know nope. if they're worth a fuck or nope. what their quality is. Sure, the outside might look pretty, but you, I mean... Yeah, it all depends on what's underneath. Yep. You can lay a nice bead over the top of two plates and say they're connected, but... Yep. You can probably bend them with your hands. Yep. It's, it's not welded. You just laid molten metal over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess we're sounding like old men. Now. <laughs> like, oh, back in the day it was good. But it, it started for like IG because I remember like, I remember asking myself in 2011, I'm like, why would I post a picture of a weld that's fucking stupid? Yeah. And then I was like, you know, they had this thing like weld porn came out and stuff and you started posting photos. I'm like, what the fuck? This actually kind of does good for a business sense. But now it's so oversaturated. Anyone can take a photo from a booth. You don't know what the fuck they're doing. And it's cool. I'm happy it's so big. I watch this beast grow in like 11, 13 years. But it's like, man, it is. It's so oversaturated. Like, I literally sighing about when it. When I know? was doing the year that I did or the however many courses I did at Lakeland, I mm-hmm. mean, how many classes you guys had filled? Like 20-some people. And they yep. were, I mean, they were, everyone did the gambit. They did yep. each method. Yep. I saw the same person four times. Yep. And it's like, I mean, I guess, yes, learn the method, but, I mean, there's 20, 30 people in each of these Just classes. That classroom. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's, that's a lot. But remember, only about 5 to 10% are successful, you know. And, and, and most are successful, and I'd say the, the yeah, five... I shot those well. So yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, there's, it's like a 5 and 5. You get 5% leaders and who are going to, like, kick ass. And, and I'll say this, like, guys like myself and my friends, like, we literally want to dominate and do the best we can. Then you get 5% that, like, they just either don't get welding, they don't have the motivation, or even common sense, you know. And then in between, that's just, like, you do need garbage men, you need plumbers, electricians, yada, yada, yada. You need people to fill in those jobs, and they're okay with that. You know, I would have people like, I don't want to run a job site. I don't want to be a foreman. I don't want to be the best welder. I just want to kind of be vanilla. And that, that was different for me a little bit, you know. Even if you got the knowledge of welding, you can go and be a mechanic or work in a maintenance shop and be able to fix stuff. A, men, a mental toolbox, I call that, you mm-hmm. know, because you, you can't take that away. You right. know? No. And even like how you came in to talk those classes, I'd see some people not utilizing any of that. And, like, and it was good with you because I'm like, man, these fuckers have never had non-destructive testing before. You know, they've never been on a job where they know that this could be their, their job on the line. But it was like, man, one day you're going to, like, replay this when you didn't want to hear Joe talk, and you're going to fucking kick yourself in the ass. You yeah, know? when you're doing it, that's when you know you're getting checked. Yeah. 
or to get any sort of fab shop job, mm-hmm. every, you 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 do well coupons. Yeah. To get the job, you have to pass NDT. Yep. We've gone to certain fab shops and they've brought in like six welders, and we just do every one of their coupons. And we'd shoot, we'd just go out there and shoot six coupons, and we're like, well, this one's good, this one's good, this one's bad, and the rest were good, and the person who failed, pfft, yep. done. Yep. They don't even offer. Yeah. It's, you don't get a damn. second shot. Like, that's, that's it. Rough. It's, it's, it's scary. You know, tolerances, like, you know how thick a thick 64th of an inch is? Right. You have that if you have underfill on a plate size. I mean, you know, some companies are that. Usually it's 132nd, and you can't be above an eighth of an inch, but yeah, some companies are like... That's what it is. No and shit. you drive four hours, six hours somewhere, even 12 hours, take a test, you fail it, you drive back Damn. on your dime. Damn. You know? And that's what made a lot of badass welders that came out kind of before you did tests and mm-hmm. stuff. And a lot of my friends and uh, students that ended up being my friends, they kind of got the real brunt of that. And then they would go out to these jobs, and there would be a crew of six, eight, twelve, and there's only this guy would be a friend of mine or a student and another guy working, and the rest are just unionized bullshit, you know, or if it's a private company, doing nothing. And they'd be calling me like, dude, you said all these people be out here hustling. I'm like, they just woke up, went to their job, but they're all hungover, methed out, you know? Like, you know? That was another thing, too, is I started being more real about what they would expect out there, you know? So a lot of crazy success stuff through it. But it goes back to, like, uh, not over-motivating young kids out of school because there's so much laziness now. But it was scary to take an 18-year-old who's, like, throwing them in the Navy SEALs. And then, like, they're 23, 24, and they're like, dude, all I've done is work for six years. And they're in their mid-20s. You know, remember how we all felt in our mid-20s? Oh, yeah. We're like, man, we're kind of finding ourselves, like, kind of like the adolescence is going away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, fuck, I didn't really do anything. That's just like how you were, like, you're driving, traveling in hotels, and you see hotel rooms. And, like, most of these guys are like, dude, I didn't even do anything fun. You no, know? you're working 16 hours a day, and you're sun up to sun down, and you're at the hotel to sleep, and you're living off a... Yep sheets or gas station food and everything else just <laughs> nothing else is open yep. and by the time you're off and yeah, I mean sure it's cool at first and it's yeah the experience but, yeah 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 so after high school graduated did all the welding did you what what was the next step oh fuck so before I was even graduating the shop but it was funny I was doing like 10 grand a year just out of a little garage and that's good for a kid that's not high school it's like yeah, you know yeah, little things good. here and there and it just did shows. That's all I did. It was just about eleventh grade into like senior year. Just shows. Travel, 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 travel. When did you make or when did you create raw iron choppers? Uh, oh three. It was actually a joke, and I actually have the best way to explain this. And I had this moment a year ago. I made Megan stop in Erie, but there's an Erie McDonald's. They had a I, th- I forgot what the fuck it was called, but it was like th- it's like the Thunder on the Strip for Geneva, but it's for Erie. Roar on the Shore, they call it. Actually. Okay, okay. And I was sitting there with my dad, and I was like, man, like you're a young kid, like you know, if you say I want to be Michael Jordan. You're like, fuck, I can't even make three-pointers yet. You right. know? You're just like, fuck, I want to be this. And I was like, Dad, I, I really want to be like you know, the Jesse James era stuff. I really want to be good. He's like, well, take your time. You know, you're a young kid. And I was like, I, and to this day I do this, I just started first seeing how I wanted to build my first mini bike. And it was the one I was chopping up in the garage. Yeah. I was like, I want to do it this color. I want to chop it this way. Didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing, but I just started blurting out all these weird <laughs> things. My dad was probably like, Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, and he was about it. But, um, you know, we, we would always talk about it. And so it was funny my mom kind of was helpful with the name in a weird good and bad way is uh she'd tell my dad go ride your iron 
you know, and he would always be gone on weekends riding his panhead. Mm-hmm. And then I had a dirt bike, so I'm like, with this whole family, all they do, and my sister would be riding for this, like, all you fuckers do is just ride iron. Like, you just ride these steel <laughs> vehicles, awesome. whatever. So then we were thinking, we were like, man, raw iron choppers would be cool. So this is before I, like, really wanted to be metal shaper, like I thought about it, but mm-hmm. it now really coincides a lot with raw iron choppers, you know, raw consumables, making things, you know. Um, but yeah, it's... That's kind of cool. That started in 03, 04. And it's weird to tell people I'm 20 years in business if you wanted to see on paper, you know. Right. Um, but it was really fucked because I remember, like, you know, we were all in our own realm. And then, like, we went to Auburn. We'd all hang out. But it was, like, a different world when I walked into my class and you did. And what was nutty, dude, is uh, my dad pulled me out of school one morning. He goes, we're going to lawyer. Like, for what, man? Well, we had the, the name listed, you know, through Ohio.gov, whatever it is, .org. Can't remember now. But we had the name listed, but it was through my dad's name. You know, yeah. his legal owner had nothing to do, just use it as a tax write off. And we go to the lawyer, and the lawyer's like, Here you go, man. My dad looks at me and the lawyer, and they're, they're sitting just like you and Ryan, they're like, Sink or swim, man, figure it out. And kind of those words were like, Holy fuck, like, I'm either going to do something with this name of this company yeah. and do something, or just let it fall apart. You know, that's where I get pissed mm-hmm. with people, like, Oh, man, your dad really did everything for you. Dude, my dad used my company as a write off. <laughs> and then when I went to go buy a house two years ago, my accountant's like, Yo, motherfucker, there's like 80 G's of write offs. You gotta pay those fuckers back, and I'm like, oh, so like I literally just paid that shit off last year. You know, I'd be picking away at it, and I'm just like, and then my dad told me, "Sir, the nuisance coming. You should th- do write-offs and stuff." And it, it was full, legit, legal, not defrauding. You know, to be audited, it was legit traveling. I mean, there was not enough income to support our traveling and our expenses. And it was like, God damn it, Dad, don't tell my sister to do the same thing. Because that shit <laughs> was costly. So it's like, oh, you know, it kind of helped you along the way. You know, you had to free hotels and fuel, and you just had to show up to it. And I'm like, Dad, I paid for all that shit <laughs> like, over the last 14 years. So it was it was kind of wild with that. But, yeah, that day, man, it was, some people tell stories like, oh, it, like, it, it was like a spike in my, my brain, and I just worked and worked. I just saw it as like a lawyer telling me, like, and I had respected him a lot as a, as a friend. And my dad, you're like, hey, man take her to leave it. You figure most parents do it with their kids, like, sink or swim. Right. Mm-hmm. Did I ever think it would be where the fuck it ended up and where it's at now? Dude, not. Probably not. No, fuck. <laughs> I just want to be good at welding and make right. pretty welds and make bikes and ride some choppers and maybe get a cushy welding job somewhere. I never thought it'd be TV, magazines, traveling, changing fucking 10 years of people's lives, you know, people calling me, showing up at the shop. I was like, dude, this is not like... That's crazy. I got weirded out, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, we all grew up in Newbury. Yeah. Small-ass yeah. town, graduating class of like 37... In, I mean, like, you were on national television. That's pretty fucking... Yeah, you were on TV, yeah. dude. You know, <laughs> and, that's low-key celebrity. <laughs> and I'll tell you what was fucked about that is in the in the scene, by the time it was the end of 2012, 2013, that was a crazy year. We had contracts with local nuclear stuff. We had contracts with job shop stuff. Oh, shit. Bikes were hopping. We started getting got a, kind of our own style of bike already. So we dropped one bike. I built another one. And we were just starting to rip saw them out. And I'm like, man, like we got a pretty good fucking following right now. So you're just doing like one-offs, like you would do make one. Yeah, and just, just cool things, it. you know. Yeah. And you know, not even sell them, just build it, show it, and just kind of fuck around riding it, you know, and socialize. Socializing was like the biggest thing because it was kind of pre TikTok, you know, yeah, all the yeah, social media right. shit. And uh, I got a call. There was rumors. They said, dude, there's this biker built off. Ended about '07 or '08. Started about 2002 with all the Billy Lane people yep. and really, really big names, uh, Indian Larry. And so they said, there's this new show coming out, possibly Biker Build-Off, or like Biker Grudge Match, and uh, Biker Live. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I was so inundated in knowing people that 
new not to do TV because it does suck your life away. Oh, you know, it like financially, it is fake as fuck. You know, but that's um, where you started. I mean, that's where you got your inspiration watching all these Discovery. Channel it was, shows. but so remember, I mean, this we're talking. This is 2013, and all those other shows started yeah, the, around 2000. Yeah, the right? voting for the Biker Buildup was on Twitter. I remember that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we were actually fucking trending on Twitter when everyone said, "Oh, you didn't really win it." I'm like, "Dude, we were fucking trending." Yeah, like that was pretty cool. We have a screenshot <laughs> somewhere. You know, yeah. I was like, we "We're like number seven. Like, here's Kim K. Here's Raw Iron." Yep. It was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 That was kind of fucking nuts, you Fuck know? Fuck yeah, it was. Um, but to be honest, it, it just... I was laying in bed, and I got a call. And they're like, yo, it's Discovery Channel's Pilgrim Studios Productions. And I'm like, tell them fuck off. <laughs> you know, at that time, I think I still lived at home. I was yeah. like, tell them fuck off. And I was like, nah, maybe you should talk to this guy. I was like, I don't want to. I just worked all day. It was like 8 o'clock at night. It was, I think it was 3 or uh, three or 4 o'clock time in Cali. And I'm like, I don't want to talk. And talk to the guy. He's like, so what can you do? I don't know, man. We'll do something. Just give me your info. Sends me it over like 10 minutes. Whole pamphlets and shit. So it was an interview process of you kind of had to do this like audition thing for one, you film it yourself, then send it in. Then if you got approved, you would then, they would come to you like December of 2013. Then they would tell you after that in January of 2014 if you're in or not. And uh, the first one we did, we kind of did it as professional promo for the shop, just kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. They're like, yo, we're going to come out and film you in December. You're young. You know, you're kind of a dick, but you're kind of also chill. And I wasn't even really putting on the fire at all with, with our one video. It just was like, yo, I'm young. These are our bikes. Most of these guys are old. You know, older guys in their 40s. I'm 23. Fuck you, you know? All right. And, uh, yeah, so they came out and they're like, yo, give us some, you know, give us some spice. Oh, man, did I talk some shit. <laughs> I think I gave so much shit talking when they actually came to film us. They were like, this isn't the same dude. You know, because I just talked mad shit, dude. <laughs> it, it, was, it was fucked up, you know? But um, what a fucking experience, you know, between, between that. But then when they came out, I just wanted to work. I right. kind of went back into that, like, Monster Garage shit. Like, if you don't want to work, get the fuck out. Now, were you doing magazines and stuff before Discovery Channel? Oh, yeah, dude, we were we were rolling, you know, because some people were like, oh, TV, like, kicked it off. You're like, fuck, no. Like, dude, I actually went more in the hole after doing TV. We looked like rock stars, but I was like $35,000 in debt after yeah. TV. I mean, I took I took off from, like, January. I finished up my last job on the 15th. We started filming, like, the 20th or 25th. And then I didn't go back to work till like, mid-June. So it was just, th- like, four or five months of solid filming? Well, we did about two or three months of filming, but it was on top of all the other shit, PR stuff. Oh, and then, like, I wasn't uh, taking work out, you know? And it was like, and your bills don't stop, right, you know? Right. And then the the bike bill, they give you 20 grand. But then I, like, was like, fuck it, let's go above the alley. I remember, like, my, my trademark and registered stuff from my lawyer I had him look into, I think that was $7,000. I get the bill off your TV, and he's like, yo, man, I you know, went over everything, but he's like, here's your bill. And I'm like, dude, this was just it have people not steal our shit and then we rewrote our contract because discovery i think could have owned my ass for like two years oh. i forgot what it was but like anything i had to do even at this podcast yeah i'd have to go through them and talk to them if it was okay really yes it no was scary shit. yeah it got like because i mean you're like a bottom feeder like small fish in a big pond makes sense right didn't know and they're like hey we're really helping you on the map so that was sketchy dude so i had my lawyer red pen everything through it and then i had a big i had a big gig with lincoln i was working with lincoln for like four or five years as a consultant a teacher they were giving us, you know, handshake deals and contracts for equipment, consumables. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not losing this versus a TV deal. This right. is better for me, you know. So that was that was fucking wild, dude. So did, with Discovery Channel, like, were you, you were able to keep the bike, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Part of it's in the shed. Part of the <laughs> motor's in another bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually rode through Seafog and it trashed the bike. I got so busy, I think, in 2016. 
I let it sit in the garage. I pulled it out like around this time in 2016, and it was just rusted. I mean, so if you ever have like a round sea fog, wash the fucking bike, cover it, you know. So then I was like, well, I should redo the motor. I'm not going to redo the bike and refurb it. So I pulled the motor and trans out, sold some parts off it, and then like that bike I'm actually getting ready to redo this winter, you know, redo the frame and shit. But yeah, it's funny. I, I purposely left that frame in my shop for like a year. So people like, they would gasp like, oh my God, what'd you do to it? I'm like, fucking chopped it apart. You know? <laughs> I, don't know, I just kind of sick got and juice twisted. out of it, you know. I'm it did. You know, yeah. it did its part and I, I never wanted to sell it. You know, I figured I would regret it, you know, and uh. that's just kind of how it was, you know. But yeah, I got to keep the bike. Um, 20 grand's not enough for bu- building a bike, I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> not okay. for a world-renowned show bike you're building in five weeks, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was pretty wild. Five weeks. That's that was your deadline. Was five weeks. And I've beat that actually on my own. I did one bike around four weeks while still working a little bit. But yeah, most bikes were averaging till 2019. We were building personal bikes for a client. It would cost them like $300 an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. You know, we're about six to eight months for a bike build. You know, but all my other bikes, I think last one I did was two and a half months. Yeah, and it was like tubing on like I think like beginning of May. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, like, tubing, beginning of May, banded from, like, industrial tube, and then, like, finished running bike, like, July-ish, you know. That's no shit. Fuck that. (laughs) I recommend nobody nobody do that. (laughs) I I can't even tell you how many bikes I've built like that. I I just don't. I chill now. You know, now having a daughter and stuff, and it was a young man's game, just like you said, you know, traveling, Mm -hmm. keeping busy and shit. Um, You got a life now. I want a life. Yeah. I used to say it like right now the sun's setting. I would just stand there all times of the year besides when it was winter time and just look out the window and be like a puppy dog. And then I'm like, just it was like losing your platoon and you just have to keep going to war. <laughs> yep. I'd be like, huh, that's a really pretty sunset. I wish. I wonder what people are doing right now. Yeah. You know. And then I just turn around and just fucking right Go back, back to work. It. You know. And it was fun, but it was definitely unhealthy. It affected a lot of my personal life. You know. So what do you think was your first break? I had just big break. You said you were kind of popular before. Uh, the Discovery Channel. I would say TV gave us the the King Kong beat your chest. Um, that was scary because people, but it was awkward though because people like, oh my god, you're Jesse Ryan. You're gonna go ride a bike week and be like this that guy from TV. And I'm like, oh fuck, I don't like, I don't deserve this. Like appreciate the work. Like it was where you get that instant like on a pedestal. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that one gave us like the umbrella effect of like, dude ain't fucking around. You know, young dude and in the game. There's other young dudes too. You know, that are my friends, but. That was the big one, but before that, we were just... I think if you chisel away at something long enough, you'll leave your mark already. So, I mean, TV just put us there really quick. Yeah. You know, but honestly, um, we were already kind of rolling. You know, known we were around everywhere we could be, every show, every week. And it was like playing like it was like playing a band. You yeah. know, you got to be at every every venue and doing what you got to do, you know. Doing weeks at Sturgis and Daytona and just doing the whole circuit. And About 15 Every bike weeks. And Damn. Yep, traveling fuel, you know, all that shit. You still doing all the bike shows and stuff? Very little. Yeah. You know, I did my last, like, farewell thing. It was kind of a joke. I kept telling Megan, but she was, uh, was she six months pregnant? I think when I was in, uh... Six or seven months pregnant when I went in March this year. Yeah. I went for two weeks. I just kept joking. I'm like, you'll never see me again. I'll be like 50 when I come back. I'm like, are you for real, bro? I'm like, no. But I just did that to kind of take it in and just give a respect to, wow, it came a long way. But I'm like, it's different now. I've got a, got a daughter yep. and uh, things like that. But it still do it, just not as much, man. Right. It's, it's you know, bikers sometimes are like circus carnies. <laughs> and I feel more like an artist, not like, you don't see me wearing like leather chaps. Like I'm wearing like fucking sweater pants or like, you know, <laughs> hoodie material, your shorts coming to your place, you know? Yeah. I don't really stand out with it, you know? So I don't know. A few shows, like we do, I don't know if you ever guys heard of Fuel Cleveland. 
Yes. So Fuel Cleveland's yes. awesome. Mikey and all those guys at Low Brown stuff, <coughs> uh, Jesse at Gasbox, they put on such a great venue for Cleveland. It really brings in stronghold for what Cleveland is in our area for motorcycles and you know custom builders and artists. And then the other show is Glory Days, and that's down in the Cary Blast Furnace, and that's actually going to be in two weekends from now. Okay. And uh, that's a badass one. They put it in all the old Blast Furnace area. They have lights in there, and they give tours. And uh, Kurt and his wife are awesome people. They they have you, all the artists bring in their stuff, and just the whole one day event, you know. Cool. And so those are the those are the two I really commit just for the local people. Um, IX Center is really no more. We used to do a show that they would pay anywhere from two to ten grand, and uh, that was a big one. You would build really? a bike and come there, and it was all peer judged too. That was in the Autorama, right? Uh, no, that was a uh, fuck. What was it? The motorcycle show, national, oh, okay. the international okay. motorcycle yep. show. Um, Autorama's got their own deal, but no, they just they had this thing called Ultimate Builder at an international bike show, and they pay good money, you know. And that was one, and they gave a lot of good media attention. We uh, in 2018 did that. I brought two bikes there, and I mean, I slaughtered. There's, I think, three or four classes, and two of those classes, I mean, I annihilated. The weirdest <laughs> thing is some dude I saw on Instagram was like, Yo, fuck this dude. The only one because it's raw iron. I'm like, man, that's the most flattering comment. Because he used to be like, Yo, you'll never win because you're raw iron. You're just right. a dumb fuck. And uh, that was wild to me. Like, wow, I'm at that point. Like, people are like pissed because yeah, people they, know your they, name. They, yeah, they know. I know editors. Was like editor choices. Like, no, the editors like know what's in style. We were building shit that we knew was in style, you know. But the one bike we did, it's got like a Mickey Mouse in the tank. It's like half zombie decayed. And um, mm-hmm. they have these bikes called Dinas and FXRs, and they're kind of club style bikes, tall bars, fairings. Kind of looks like Sons, Sons of Anarchy stuff. Okay. And uh, we built one that looked like a tracker. You know, like kind of like rough enduro tires, mm-hmm. real low motocross bars, and uh, we called it Bad Bad Mother FXR. And it was also we actually named it off of the wallet in Pulp Fiction. Nice, Bad Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's where we came up one night. We were just drinking. I wrote Bad Mother FXR on both the cylinder heads, <laughs> and that name stuck. But that bike won the championship. That won ten thousand dollars. Did it win ten thousand? It won a good check. It's like ten thousand dollar purse. But I got like a brand new Harley motor from like Factory Harley. Wow. Sent it out to Western Reserve, and that was fucking nuts. Like that's some people were like, "Fuck this dude," and some people mm-hmm. were like, "Dude, that's pretty cool." You know? Yeah. But fuck yeah. Simplistic bike. We just kind of knew, and it was once again judged by other builders, but not in the competition. Like they actually invited there, and that was a pretty. That was like fucking huge. You know. So that was that was cool with that bike. And then, uh, yeah, we did one more bike, and I've kind of just been low-key. But our shop is just the doors are busting out with customer shit all the time, you know. So are you doing, like, custom stuff? Or I've seen, like, someone has brought in their bike, and mm-hmm. you've maybe changed the pipes or done, like, like add-ons. or I wouldn't call them necessarily bolt-ons, but, I mean, you, you fabricate, you... You modify someone's bike. I mean, or do you build from scratch more? So building from scratch is really hard because I mean, you need a budget of like fifty to like eighty thousand dollars. Like, just alone, God like damn. parts are about twenty five to thirty. If you want quality parts, and I mean, depends what you want. Paint can be anywhere from two to six, ten thousand dollars or more. Um, shit ain't cheap, you know. Especially after COVID now, right. man. Prices. I think like oh, yeah. a carburetor went from like five twenty to like seven fifteen or like seven ten. I just Jeez. saw. I'm like, holy. Fuck, that's crazy, you know. Um, the the builds are hard because most people who can afford that shit don't want a custom bike. You know, a lot of stuff like bagger stuff still in vogue, like the whole big wheels and stuff. That's catering more to people who want to ride, have, you know, bags. We don't do baggers. That's one thing the shop 
We uh. don't do that, you know. So choppers are kind of weird, but we find budget stuff. Like we have a guy now dropped off a bike that's a family heirloom. We're gonna pull the motor out of it, put a whole new frame around it, and a lot of it just bolt together. But we're gonna make some custom shit and. He's got a pretty decent budget. It's for like under twenty grand, you know. Mm-hmm. So we do some stuff, you know. We did a bike three years ago for a guy. It was like forty-six thousand dollar bike, you know, and that pretty intricate, you know. So it all varies, man, sure. you know. But a lot of it too. I hate to say it, and this is people listening. If they ever want to aspire to be a bike builder, there's money. You got to find it. But welding was always the one niche, and everyone always called it my crutch. But it was a niche that I knew would always make me money. People always need shit repaired. Yep. People always need shit made. And uh, for us, like, we have contracts with local companies that we come in and repair stuff. You know, heavy maintenance, we build racking, we do all kinds of shit. And I can tell you in a month what we do is nowhere near what we do with a motorcycle, you know. Wow. And uh, it's, it, that's been fun for us, too. And I, I like it because it kind of expands your mind. So is it just you doing the well or you got other people with So you? I had two guys. One dude just went to go become a teacher, uh, younger, early 20s. How could I say no to that because it's the same route I went. Yeah. And he wanted the experience. I was like, cool. I got another guy who worked for me, fuck, before he went traveling in like the te- uh, Texas and doing like tanking and shit. A tall dude, right? No, that's Brennan. Okay. Yeah, Brennan's doing his him. own gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. No, not uh, not too tall, but yeah. this is my buddy Kyle, man. Too <laughs> yeah, tall. Too tall. <laughs> <Yep>. too tall. <laughs> too tall. Motherfucking Jones. Um, but yeah, Kyle's good. He's uh probably one of my best TIG welders I ever taught, and it's probably because he wouldn't leave Lakeland. He would just weld and weld and weld. But uh, we sync really well together when we're working, you know. But the three of us this year, we're we're killing stuff pretty good. So are those jobs? Are you still under raw iron choppers? Like, are you taking these? (laughs) (laughs) And you can imagine someone in accounting's like, the fuck is a motorcycle shop? (laughs) Why are we cutting them a check? You know. And then they they meet and we're like, oh okay, cool. You know. And I'm actually gonna probably branch it over to like raw iron metalworks. I'm actually trying Mm -hmm. to expand the shop a lot, get another building space. And uh, go all that, but man, baby steps. Like yep. even right now, like my guy's been out for two weeks on vacation with his family. Boy, I put a real fucking reality check into like how much shit we have going on. Mm. What we normally feel like we are getting done, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, we, we'll do pipes and stuff, some service. I always have a, a kind of a, a standard. I don't tell people except other shops. If it's an oil change and something simple, it's never that. It's right. No, there's no, never no, a fucking no, oil change. Nope. No. Literally had a stock fucking sporty come in. Needed tires, pads, fluids changed. Check everything on it. Fucking carb and manifold seals were all bad, all rotten. And I'm like, man, I went from having an eight-hour job at most to like 23 hours. Then you gotta call and tell them like, hey, all this stuff's bad, and they're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. And they still see oil change, you know? And yeah. Dude was super right. cool, but I'm like. I'm like, I told my buddy who referred it, I'm like, I helped the guy out because he didn't want to wait for my friend's shop, you know, lead time, but I'm like, holy shit, and I'm like, no more, like, <laughs> hey man, oil changes and shit, and we just do very little, you know, mm-hmm. but then I'll contradict myself, like, I'll do full oil changes and maintenance if people have bikes that are like, we've worked on years ago, or like, they're bikes that nobody really will touch anymore. If you can take it to the dealer, I don't want to touch it, you know, yeah. and that's, that's kind of the best premise, because we're not really a service shop, you know, there are people that can do it faster, cheaper, or more expensive, but... It's not really what we want to do anymore. Right. And even then, like, for Harley, so do you have to be Harley certified to be considered a no? Harley certified people scare me because the majority of those motherfuckers actually suck at what they're doing, you know? (laughs) And and I don't mean that to totally dog them because there's a lot of people who are smart, even smarter than me, that are certified and stuff, but just a lot I've seen, it's they don't know. And now with EFI shit, they got to really understand tuning, you know, at a computer level. Mm. And then what's happening is you have the separation of they don't see all kinds of carbureted bikes anymore. Last car rated bike from Harley was 05 or 06, you know. So, so now they come injected. to me. Yeah, it's all fuel injected stuff. So now it's like they're, they're coming to me for this shit. So a lot of people don't know how to actually properly tune carbs. 
magnetos, you know, electronic points. They don't know any of that shit, you know? And uh, I had old timers tell me that about 10 years ago, they'll keep doing the old bikes because people are going to forget old timers are going to pass or retire. And then, you know, techs aren't going to know how to do this. I don't think Harley works on shit older than like 20 years old now. Wow. You know, they don't even carry parts for 10 years. Like I called about some air cleaner gaskets. Like, yeah, we don't carry those. You got a special order of those. Like, holy shit, you know? So, sure. yeah, it's just their standard. But I, I guess you got to keep up with it. I mean, there's different motor types, and mm-hmm. whatnot, right. you know. But, yeah, it's it's different. Very Wild. different. But, yeah. So where do you see the future? Where's the future? You said you wanted to branch off and do something else. I mean, do you have any – are you going to go – I mean, are you, you're always going to be building bikes, I'm assuming. Yep, yep. Um, man, honestly, I kind of mesh the personal with business. We kind of talk about, you know, the crazy hours and where Raw Iron came from being a 13-year-old to going to school – and teaching and all that shit I'm kind of just making sure I'm the word is moderation you know I can get lost in that stuff and I had a lot of friends when when Megan was pregnant about to have Amelia they're bike builders or business owners they're like man my kid one day was 10 years old and I didn't even see him grow up I went to music you know I went to concerts for him and stuff and I went to parent-teacher conferences, but I never really engaged them there, you know? Mm. So, like, between wanting to grow a company that's already successful doing great numbers, I don't... I kind of want to still have a life, you know? Mm. So, but, um... I think busier isn't always good because it it also does get you over your head, you know? And that does bleed to the personal side of it. But, um... Man, gonna just expand. Bike still. Um... Still pushing one-off stuff. I really never want to stop doing one-off bikes and shit like that. Um, doing a podcast, have to have you guys on. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's like dueling podcasts. <laughs> um, that one I dropped the ball. I started in January, like something furious. Got like six people in line, some really good heavy hitters, and then I just never got into editing of it because once again, shop got so busy. Yep. I'm like, man, I can find a way to make this shit make money for the podcast, but you're looking at like pennies to the hundred dollar bills, you know. Mm-hmm. And see here we. We would have, our, the group that we started with, you know, we'd always, on weekends, we'd be drunk and having conversations just and just conversations. bullshit for hours, just having these yes. conversations. We're like, well, why don't we record it? And we, we do a lot of sports episodes and stuff because we really love football, so mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of that stuff. And it's just kind of like, we kind of just turn it into whatever. I've been kind of getting into the inter- these interviews and doing a bunch of different people. We had Andrew Bonas on mm-hmm. and Jackson on and... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's, so it's just been kind of we've been I've been shooting from the hip and doing the the editing is kind of here and there. I mean we yeah. there's some stuff we have to edit out. We don't do any video, yep. so that that definitely does help. Do you do but video? Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like for real. It, it I did it so wrong because I should have put the audio with actually the camera. Okay. I have all the right setups, but I actually have. God, I would remember this name. Yeah, I would have remembered this like six months ago. But I, I bought stuff actually just for doing the audio, calling in, Mm. all that. Very simple, not a huge like board or anything. And then like I had that, and then I have a camera, like a really nice camera, going to do welding videos and stuff. Got the best of the best, and I'm just like, I didn't realize how much time was involved already editing audio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I'm like, fuck, I did this, and then someone's like, you know, you know, YouTube, you got to get like approved for your hours and your viewership. So you only start out with maybe five minutes, you know, or fifteen minutes. You can have hour and a half long podcasts and like yeah, that's the thing. I tried to upload one of our podcasts. We have some on YouTube, but I haven't gone through and done a lot of because it's just audio. Yeah, but it would like the first episode I tried to upload, it wouldn't upload, and it yeah. wouldn't upload, and it wouldn't. I'm like, I what the hell is going on? Yep. I don't understand. So I and come to find out, you had to upload like a five or like under five minute video first, 
and that's usually what that intro or that pinned video to when you go to the page that's the first video that plays mm-hmm, yep. And then once you do that, then they're like, okay, and then you can just dump all oh, the... Oh, really? Yeah, you just need I one. I just want to go editing tonight. Yeah, you just, <laughs> all, all you need gotcha. is one intro. Gotcha. You yeah. know about the 30-second rule? Like, they've gotten more lenient because they have sponsorship and ads now. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't score the first 30 seconds. And there's oh. actually, like, a video on YouTube about it, like, where not to say shit. Because I think one we have is, like, fuck you, motherfuckers, like, right at the 29 <laughs> second mark. So I put, like, an intro to add to it, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, you know, but... Besides that, they're really slacked off on, like, worrying about, you know, that for ads. But I never went into ads. Like you said, I had such good combos with old-timers and a good amount of past now, or I don't talk to a lot, but we'd share all these, you know, we'd be smoking a J, we'd be, like, sitting there drinking, and there's funny-ass shit, or informative shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why right. has no one got a camera here? Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. And I, everybody I've interviewed, I'm like, you're not shy. Like, they're honest. So that's why I interview a lot of people who are like, they don't give a shit. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, how... How do you, how should I act? I'm like I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, be yourself. Be dude. you. Yeah. Be you. I mean that's they're not li- they're not listening for the content. They're listening for the content and the personality. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's really going that way, and it already has been. I mean, look at the years of Joe Rogan doing all that stuff and all those podcasts. You know, there's a lot of good content out there. But for me, I was like, why am I not sharing these stories? I would talk to 16 students. Or have someone like you come in, but I'm like, I don't have anything on my own platform to share. So that's kind of, I think, when the weather turns a little more, I'm going to keep pushing that. Mm-hmm. That was one big mm-hmm. dream I had this year, but kind of when you have a kid, right. it pushes it out. Yep. And then we we just got inundated with work. That's one of our worst, my worst attributes. I'm like, yes, yes, okay. You know, even for saying no most of the time. So that kind of like sidetracked it. But yeah, podcast shit is, is going to be pretty big. You know? Yeah, we just, I mean, when I think of podcasts, it's all audio. To me, I mean, yeah. I had to put a camera up and you can... If you like to watch three or four people sitting around a table and just talking that you can just hear in your ear versus watching a video, then yep. so we just we're I mean maybe eventually one day we'll we'll jump to video. Who knows? Yeah. But for now, with you're gonna still need two or three cameras though, right? You yeah. Know, like I have one, and the first one I had super snazzy, man. Like looks great, great shot. And then I got laser. I just like set the, set it here. It just be like <laughs> you and Ryan, like the side of your head, staring at the camera. And I'm like, this is shitty. Like no one's gonna watch this, you know. So, but yeah, man. But no, that's that's good. I'm, I'm I was surprised when you guys when you asked me about this. I didn't mm-hmm. know you guys were doing podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff, you know. Yeah, we just kind of yeah shot from the hip and went for we, it. Yeah, we were on. We got on Spotify and Apple, and Apple was a little. There's a couple extra steps you have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember, remember in iTunes when you used to load a CD and sometimes it only have track one and track two, yes. and but there was no, like, information? Mm-hmm. Well, you can add that information in a program, and it's called an ID3 tag. Yeah. This was all new to me, like, a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and another program where you essentially add, like, the, the artist and the episode and the year and all the back information, and, but Apple requires that, so. Gotcha. Huh. But. I'm learning from you right now. About, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. That honestly, I would say out, out of your question too, man, is uh, I want to do some welding education. Um, don't want to do one-on-one classes through my shop since I don't teach as much. Because there are people that are always hungry to learn the one-on one-on-one approach. They have some welding skills. They actually want to see how to make things, bend things. But that's a lot to do, especially because metal prices just keep going up and oh, up yeah. and up. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out some costs that are that are relatable and people can get. You know. But I figured, you know, with the podcast, also do some welding tutorials, some how-tos. But, you know, once again, the oversaturation, there's some good people who already do that. You know, right. I, I want to I be like, well, why do it if other people are doing it? But at the same time, I'm kind of like, fuck it. I should do my, it's once again, the artist approach. Do it 
do it my way. You know, yeah. I mean, it's why you guys are doing podcasts. There's millions of podcasts, but yeah. you're doing it your way for you. Mm-hmm. So, yep. can you imagine if you got into the YouTube train back in the day when you started? <sighs> my friends do. You don't even want to know the subscribers, man. Half a million, million subscribers. Jesus. And it's like, holy fuck. My one friend Isaac, I see well. He does heavy equipment repair, like big stuff. Booms crack. He's out there himself now with his son, and they're just repairing all this fucked up shit. And I told him, I just got off of Biker Built Off, and I said, yo, I know my shit's like a hot commodity, like the whole like overhauling shows and Monster Garage. I go, your shit, people are going to eat the fuck up. He's such a humble dude. He's like, no, no, no way. And I'm like, Isaac, no one sees heavy equipment shit getting done or line boring and all this shit. I said, you're bringing people front and center for heavy equipment repairs in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Sure as shit. That dude's like, I'm sitting here in like 11,000 <laughs> followers, and he's like, oh. <laughs> But his views are crazy, millions of views, you know, and he hopped on it, and I mean, it just depends what you sell to the people. And even right? then, you're you're running your business, doing your heavy equipment repair, Yeah. taping it on the server, recording it as you're doing it, yep. and the YouTube money is just, that's just a... And I mean, you, if you have a million subscribers, you can you can do a lot with YouTube money and yeah, monetization yeah, and everything else. Yep. Like it's unbelievable. Yep, it's wild, man. And you know, I honestly, where I'm at with it, I just want people to learn something. Good conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us have funny ass conversations. Like you look at the times you're at Zeppies and have funny ass shit. We'd be saying, I wish someone recorded that shit. It probably wasn't the funniest like a lot of shit on TV, but we thought it was fucking Fuck yeah, great. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think people can just relate to. Homebodies, normal people, yeah. girl next door, boy next door, shit. And yeah. That's kind of what my shop's always been, and you know, my podcast is just normal people. Yeah. You know, um, my first one was with my friend Frank Lucier from Vegas, born and raised. He tells his whole story. You should hear his fucking story of getting into bikes. Mine's like, hey guys, I got a welder and I'm 13, and I did cool welding shit. <laughs> his is like tough, hard times. You know, I was doing like that uh, the cable optics stuff, and he was going home to home. And he has stories with that. And he talks about, like, beginning of his, like, really his, his career speaking, his mom passes. And I, like, straight up looked at him in the podcast. I'm like, yo, man, how did you deal with that? Just rip saw it. So when I do share that, you hear it, and you're like, holy fuck, man. Like, I just, I, I ask people really how they're all feeling yeah. if it's a situation like that. And it may be almost nosy, but somebody's feeling that same fucking way. Right. Mm-hmm. Listening, they're like, fuck, man, okay, he got over it, you know? And, uh... It's the best way to go about it, you know? So, well, fuck yeah, dude. Any other hobbies or anything that you got besides... Fuck, well, got my fat ass back snowboarding. Okay. You know, nice, I, there I you did go. that last year. I had some money, and I'm like, I'm going to go snowboarding. Man, at 220 pounds, is like, I am not 160 fucking pounds, you know? <laughs> You're winded getting down the... Just getting winded, the knees. I come home, I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with my knees? <laughs> you know? But got on that. Uh, dirt bike a lot. This year, not not so much because the baby came around Memorial Day. Nice. You know, I dad didn't need be, need to be all busted up and shit. But right. wrote wrote a lot the last three years before that, you know. So kind of did all the things I put on hold, you know. Uh, right now is working out. I mean, you guys know I was a fucking retarded meathead, you know. <laughs> you were jacked and back in the day, dude. I know, man. It's, <laughs> I turned sideways to go through like, the doorway. Hey, for being only five and a half feet tall, you know. Um, but really, just out of that is discipline. Not going to David Goggins convo, but it's really just showing up every day. You know, <laughs> like, it, it is it is the discipline. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the weight, but dude, it, it did take me about 10 months to, like, stop the aches and pains. You yeah. know, I did, like, I would go there, and, like, this is no lie, get, like, 10-pound dumbbells and just bench press. And my one guy from the shop's like, dude, this looks pretty funny because I used to know you when you were stronger. Right, right. But everything hurt. Shoulders, elbows, oh, yeah. tennis elbows. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, 
you're working out, man. Like, I won't miss that. Now with the baby, schedule's a little weird, so I'll come in the shop later in the day, like early, late morning, but I ain't missing the gym. Yeah. I ain't, you know, let myself go. And do really, it's, everyone jokes about when you hit 30, you feel stuff. Dude. <sighs> Holy oh, yeah. motherfucker. It's real. Yeah. It's right to a 30 dollar chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck. Then I, I found they have a heavy bag at our one gym. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I like fighting. I like hitting bags. Get some aggression out. Gave myself fucking, like, was that boxer's <laughs> elbow, like the version of tennis elbow? I hit it with, no, that was dumb. No wraps, no gloves on. Yeah. And I'm going to town on that fucker for like two weeks. Man, all of a sudden I couldn't even hold a steering wheel. I'm like, oh, Jesus oh. Christ. You know, like, man, this is old age. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. Is, this is 30 <laughs> starting, you know. But yeah, really just health wise, yeah. you know. Um, chilled out running, but just good form doing stuff. That's like biggest hobby. And besides that, man, eating good food, drinking good booze, you know. Ain't nothing um, wrong with that. Sightseeing. Dude, that's that's the, the pinnacle of, you know, being in your 30s and on. It's yeah. like enjoying, in, I guess, enjoying good moments. You know, that's yeah. really what it's about. So, yeah, I guess since all the bike shit's calmed down, it's it's kind of that boring hobby <laughs> shit, you know. And being a dad, I mean, honestly, um, you kidless right now? Yes. Kidless? Oh, yeah. That you know of? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we're all like, I always say, everybody like, are, are we kidless? <laughs> but everyone goes, man, you have a kid. It changes your life. I hate hearing that term. I still do now being a parent. But that first cry I heard, yeah. holy fuck, dude. It's like when someone punches you in the face, you're going to walk away. Yeah. Or, like, you just want to rage. Like, it, it's that same instinct. You're just like, I'm going to do good, you yeah. know? And, like, a lot of nights where you'd be bored or you're, like, just sitting there gaming. And you're like, man, I don't know what to do. Everyone's kind of busy. I sit there with her, and I'm like, man, dude, like, we made this. Like, that, to me, has kind of changed my outlook on life. And then, like, anything we're miserable about, like, we hate our job. Yeah. Why fucking try? <laughs> Fuck school. Yeah. You know, all that shit we did. Now I'm like, I got to tell you it's okay. Yeah. I got to lie to you, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I tell you to be fun. So it, it's it's different, the approach of that. That's taken up some big time. But honestly, our daughter's been awesome. She's, you know, a lot of people are like, I had a kid, my life was over. I'm like, maybe when they're, like, you know, two and on, and they're, like, they're little rambunctious gremlins right. running around. But right now, dude, I've, I've taken it all in, yeah. you know? Someone asked my dad. After we had Amelia, Megan had Amelia. I hate saying we because I didn't do any of the work besides like thirty seconds of it. <laughs> so, like, I'm gonna tell you what, dude. Like it just this dude asked my dad. He goes, "So what's it like Jesse being a dad?" My dad's like, "Dude, it's like he's always had a kid because you just either gonna be a shitty parent, right, or you just do it, you know." And actually, one person I look up to was Ben. Ben Ben is being a dad. Ben's Ben's a good dad. Yeah, you know, and. uh I just was like, fuck it, man. Just going to have a kid, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the last of the hobbies. But that's where the hobbies start, though. Remember this. Right. When she's two or three, what can I get her? Snowboard. Hey. Little dirt bike, dirt bike, <laughs> and training wheels. So Megan's like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so now it's like, is everyone stopping? I got a young little kid that wants to do all that shit. And I'm like, I'm all about that now. Right. Fuck that yeah. kid is always going to want to ride, regardless. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Any, any chance she gets, she's going to want to ride. Yep. Because that little adrenaline rush for a, a three-year-old or a four-year-old is like, yep. a, like an EpiPen in the thigh yep. for an adult. Exactly. My, my Two of my friends, Frank and Justin, have a, a good amount of kids. And uh, it's not even a burn to them. They just they love their kids. And they go out to like some of these tracks or trails. And they take their sons and daughters, load them up, put them on their little four-wheelers or dirt bikes. And it's like, man, dude, how could you beat that? You know? That's awesome. And... Uh, that's good family weekend. So like I told Megan, like, man, it sucks you don't like riding dirt bikes and quarters. I'm like, you're me outnumbered this household. You know? So that that to me is like, where where is my life outside of Rollin? That'll be that with her. You know, that'll be the oh, fun yeah. stuff. But yeah, man, like I told you guys when I walked up, same shit, yep. different day. 
motorcycles, welding. I mean, I'm the same boring motherfucker. You know? <laughs> it's kind of like a Dr. Dre song, you know. But yeah. Well, you got any socials? You want to plug anything? Yeah, man. Instagram, Raw Iron Choppers. Facebook, Raw Iron Choppers. Website is Raw Iron Choppers. Um, do look out for our podcasts um, and our videos that we'll be doing. I will be pushing that a lot on our social media platform, probably towards Thanksgiving time. But um, yeah. I'll tag you in the Instagram post and all that okay. jazz. So cool. They'll be able to get you from there. So I'd like to have you guys on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What do you guys want to talk about? We're actually going to share. We can we'll, talk about. Well, what I mean, <laughs> on your, I mean, if you're doing welding, I mean, I can give you an inspection rundown and. I like the whole aspect and everything else too. Yeah, I like talking to you guys about. Whatever. I know nothing about welding. I'm a plumber, dude. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. It's kind of a similar feel because plumbing does cross that at one point. Yeah. You know, it depends. Like, because you like what type of plumbing you at residential? Yeah. Okay, so like commercial stuff, like six inch pipe, all that shit. You start to cross the the bounds of like like boiler pipe, as you would know. Like, it starts to kind of mesh with. I know that one yeah. we do. I I think it's three inch cast. Yeah. We used to have to get a weld in. Yep. Not anymore. Now we can actually get a press. We actually get press mm-hmm. tools and press that shit now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't dealt with it. The biggest gas pipe I usually deal with is like two inch. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I used to do six inch boiler and then a little bit of gas, but a lot of boiler stuff. Yeah. And yeah, they call us in and run you know one to three passes around it. You know, that's crazy. But yeah, that's so share share plumber stories. So you got to share fucked up. Like I'm gonna ask. <laughs> I'm like weird when I interview. I'm like, Tell me the most fucked up story. You know, and then like same with Joe, I'll be like, oh, I know some of his fucked up ones. <laughs> and then just honestly, you know, just talk about your podcast. Right. Shit, you know, fuck yeah, we do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Feeling old. I haven't seen you guys in a long time. It's not that bad. It's all right. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yeah. Hey, there's no high school to go to for reunion, though. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch is gone, dude. dude. Have you seen that? It's oh, just, yeah. It's like little little house in the prairie, like just, it's grass. Flat. It's like, <laughs> nice little fun? grass plane. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Because my sister, did, did you guys do the walkthrough? No. No, no. My sister did the walkthrough. She's like, you sure? And I was like, no, send me the picture when they demo it. And she drives, you know, 87 a lot, you know, going to Shaker and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, send me pictures that gets demoed. I'm just like, fuck yeah. Gone, dude. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm fucked up about it, but I'm just I like, mean, man, I don't know. Either way, it, it should have been closed a long time before. Oh, way before we even got to that yeah. bitch. Dude. Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah, that's wild. You know, like the one end by the uh, the elementary school part, yeah. not the elementary school, but the, still the high school building. How the track went up and the cross, <laughs> and then all the way down the other side. So at any given time, the whole thing that. is just like loaf over, like a fucking loaf of bread. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that, that's funny. That fucking place. Like, I look at it now, it's like we didn't even go there. You know, it's it doesn't just, even exist. Yeah, it's not even existent now. No, you know? but even then, going to Auburn for the two years, I mean, you're only there half the year yeah. or half the time anyway. Yeah, really, we haven't been there even longer because you know we didn't do shit at Newberry. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. yeah, Auburn's changed a lot. Have you been there? No, I haven't been back I've in there. Been inside that. I'm on the board with those guys and stuff with the superintendent, and I walk in there, it's totally different. Yeah, I went to Auburn for computer programming, mm-hmm. and the first year was cool. It was all computer IT and building the computers. I mean, I built mine mm-hmm. after the fact. and um, But the second year was all, like, web design and actual coding and everything else. And the final project, I put – if you put a colon instead of a semicolon somewhere, it just doesn't work. Yep. And I could not find the mistake. <laughs> yep. And my teacher was like, you know, I can't give you a grade on this. And I was like, that's cool. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Coding is a different... You basically got to speak a different language. Because it's like, man, coding is in cat heavily. And when I did that, I was like, me fucking too stupid for that. (laughs) I I can't tell a line to go here by a bunch of numbers. You know, like you said, semicolons. I'm like... Yeah, no, colors for web pages is a, a pound sign and then like four or five different numbers and letters put together, yeah, and that's a that color. Shit. 
Yeah, their color code. Yeah, it's. That's wild. Yeah. So, but I mean the the first year was cool, and yeah. I mean Auburn is it's great to find your. It's good to have a trade school. Yeah. It's good. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good thing to have. And I hate the it term is. that they say trade schools are throwaways, like bullshit. No. You know, some kids will use it, you know, as an out to get away from normal school stuff. But man, it, it fucking it, it changed my life, and it did help with the right instructor, the right people. But man, it, that was huge. Like I wish I, I honestly wish I would have went there when I was in high school. Right. I would have been so much further from where I am now. Yep. Like yep. I wish I would have done that. But. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I, 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 we could always go on the subject of college and trades and whatnot. Everything yeah. has its own fucking purpose. Yes. It really does. You know, stop utilizing degrees that you're not doing fuck with, but I also can't believe companies will hire you if you have an accounting degree and you're over here doing fucking Six Sigma and QC yeah. on, you know, metal parts. It's like, you just hired someone because they had a four-year degree. That means you wanted somebody who just could be literate and read, write, and do emails. You know, that to me is a little weird. But then also trade schools, I see a lot where like, you gotta be an engineer. Like I'm smarter than engineer. Like no, you're just the guy who kind of welds some shit together. You're really fucking stupid. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I can play devil's advocate. Both we've dealt with engineers that all they can do is read a blueprint and yeah. read a print, and then it's like, but they don't know anything about a casting. Mm-hmm. It's like, or anything about inspection or whatsoever. Like, um, yep. for example, we had some engineer. I'm not gonna name the company, mm-hmm. but um, engineer came in, was looking over the NDT department, and we use little metal like metal shims to show sensitivity mm-hmm. and we call them pennies they're they're image quality indicators we call them pennies it's just the lingo in the field well we said you know here's the penny and this and that and he's like well what does copper have to do with aluminum and it's like uh you don't know anything about this you're just a dude with a degree that got hired right out of college and this is your first gig and you don't know shit about yep. the industry <laughs> yep. You see that a lot. You see that everywhere nowadays. And I know I know you have to start somewhere and I know you have to get experience, but at the same time it's it's more than just a a piece of paper that says you're an engineer. You yes. really like some of that experience should come in school. Yep. You should have to do this stuff in school. Schools don't show enough, but the problem is from being a, a retired teacher is that try to get all them to learn. Look at when you come into them them little talks, you know, about X raying and stuff. They half them don't even want to. They don't care, and they just want to go down and weld. But then you go down and weld, and they're like, "Well, is this good? No. Yeah. Is this good? No. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, you got undercut here, and there's riddled with porosity on the surface. And in visual, any porosity on the surface is automatic failure. Yeah. Yep. I mean, is this good? I mean, it looks good on the top, and then you flip it over, and you can see they never got fusion. Mm -hmm. It's just a. Mm-hmm. And you you pretty much bend it in half, and they're yep. like, yeah, no, it's not good. I get, I get that shit. Like, and the, the weird thing was, you saw the students are like, I want to make twenty five an hour. I want to go pipe weld. I want to go lay in a ditch and weld, and do API. It's like, man, do you really know what you're saying? What you're gonna get into? And then before I, I left Lakeland, I want to be self employed. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about being self employed. Spend about five years being broke. And you'll start feeling better effects. Yes, with, you know, sure. Yeah. Go drop eighty grand on a rig and a, a machine and a welding machine and everything else, and go find your pipeline job. Mm-hmm. But the second you fail a weld, gone. Yeah, there is no room for error on pipelines or anything else. Yeah, the second you fail something, they'll just find somebody else. There's yep. plenty of them out there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's Damn. no joke on the on the pipelines. It's no joke. It's it's tough because it's time crunch and there's right. a lot of money involved and there's a lot of moving pieces all at the same right. time. Like as you're. They did, it's all like an assembly line. They did the trench, they put the pipe in, 
They weld the pipe together, they x-ray it, they cover it, and they cover it with on dirt and you move on right. the next one. It's just like the the wells that you shot one day is the next day they're buried underground. Yep. They're gone. Yeah. Yep. And that's what's hard with teaching welding is the coupons. Well, I, I'm going to do good at this coupon. It's like, man, you're welding something eight inches long. And uh, you got to do that hundreds of times a day per week. And it's like, that was hard to get that to be conveyed. You know, that you're not welding a coupon, you got to weld this pipe. And you got to do miles of sections. Yeah, like, right. just like plumbing. Like, you can practice soldering a joint right. and screw it to a board, but it's like totally different. Then you got to like pressure test it, check yep. all that. Yep. You know, it depends what mood you're in, yep. what confined spaces you're working around. Yep. And that's like, that was so, that was hard to convey that. That would get oh, yeah. me so irritated, you know. Or, hey, I want to build bikes like you, like, Fucking luck. I'm still trying to build better bikes, you know. And right. the amount of shit to know and do, and it's like if I redid it again in life, I would probably just ignore it again and just be like, oh, this is fun because yeah. if I knew what I had to attain, it's it's overwhelming, yeah. you know. And it's just like you know, all, people with this, I want to be self-employed. Should know what those words hold, you know. Especially people at good-paying jobs, like even if they were on the road, mm-hmm. like I'm sick of traveling, I'm gonna do shit on my own. It's like. Man, do you like that paycheck every week or two? Like, that's a right. really nice that's fucking a, paycheck. That's a guarantee you know, right there. Let me know how it is, like, four or five weeks when you're not paid. Shit's maxed on a credit card, or you're fronting your own money, and, like, you're waiting to get paid. Right. You know? And then you got guys on payroll and shit, too. You know? Yeah. And they come first. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Jesse. No problem, man. Follow Raw, Raw Iron Choppers on Instagram, Facebook. We'll plug his social when we do the posts and everything else. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, and... Excellent. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Good seeing you. Hell yeah. I'll lay back. 